0: Today's podcast is with Ben Thompson, the CEO and founder of Employment Hero. Employment Hero are a billion-dollar software company here in Australia, which creates software for HR, payroll, and all these other things. They're also one of our first sponsors, so we're super grateful for them. We first talked to Ben roughly a year ago when there was starting to be a lot of gyrations in the tech market in Australia. So he's had this super interesting view of navigating a massive tech company in a period of really tough macro environment. So we talked to him about his lessons of leading this company, the products that he's building out, expanding internationally, and his broader thoughts on entrepreneurship. I think this was a super valuable episode for entrepreneurs and I hope you enjoyed the episode.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Sachin Adams Show. So this is the first time ever that we've had a repeat guest on the podcast. And it was about a year ago that we first talked to Ben Thompson. We talked about his journey into building Employment Hero. But a lot of things have changed since then. And Ben was one of the, our most favorite episodes that we've ever recorded. So we thought we'd get him on again and chat all things Employment Hero.
0: Yeah, and not only is Ben the first repeat guest on the Sachin and Adam show, they're also one of our first sponsors. So they're the reason why we don't have to eat cans of tuna for lunch every day. We can actually keep on the lights here. So um, thanks for coming on, Ben.
2: You're welcome. Great to be back. Thanks, guys.
0: Yeah, great to have you. And so we talked to you a year ago, almost exactly. It was June 2022, and that was the sort of beginning of a lot of the market turmoil in the tech industry. And you were talking a lot about how you've sort of had to navigate changes in um, the sort of macroeconomic environment, the funding environment. And I guess now that it's been a year on, how have you navigated some of those market changes in the tech uh, in the tech world? And I guess, how have you been tracking since then?
2: Yeah, look, um, we we went in, I guess, at the start of that period, just being hypersensitive to uh, unit economics and, and and maintaining the best unit economics we could. We've always done that. I think I might have, I don't recall what I mentioned the first time around, but um, John Henderson from Airtree joined, you know, um, was involved with us at Series A and B. And and really got us focused on getting in those unit you know, economics um, super tight from from you know eight years ago, and so we were already in a good position. Um, we just we just got even more focused. Um, and then as far as like how we have performed over that period, I'm really pleased to say that things have held up really well for us. You know the the ironic or um, you know confusing part of the macroeconomic conditions is that unemployment is still. you know, popped up to 3.7. It was down to 3.5. It's just bouncing around between those numbers. But, you know, interest rates uh, are much higher than they were a year ago. Um, I'm really surprised that that, um, we haven't seen an increase. So for us being in employment, um, a tight employment market means that our net revenue retention is still exceptional. Um, Our growth rate has been really strong. Um, and actually now we're sort of more focused on helping our clients with recruitment, which is, you know, one of their biggest problems. They just can't find people. So um, we've made some announcements recently about how we're pivoting, well pivoting, but um, expanding uh, what we would say upstream into the recruitment market. So, yeah, lots of um, lots of interesting things. But, yeah, growth and and, you know, economics have been really strong for us. And I'm you know, very thankful that we're in that position
1: yeah it seems like you kind of did the hard yards earlier with that, and now you're kind of reaping the benefits whilst a lot of businesses are struggling and and cutting stuff. Um Ben, we're gonna kind of dive into the way you think about all these new products and you know the strategy of your business in a second. But a question that's sprung to mind is, how do you manage your time because you're you're a busy guy, you do a lot of things, you're a family man, and you're running um, one of Australia's fastest growing unicorns. how do you, How do you manage your time? Um,
2: look, I mean, I'm in a pretty unique position, to be honest. And um, I work from home. So um, I'm not sure if I said this last time again. I'll probably be saying that at the start of every answer. Hopefully, I'll stop it. Um, but yeah, look, we've got a child with with special needs um, uh, who needs a lot of attention. And it gives, me, I, it gives me the ability to be at home and helping out um, my wife and my family and working ridiculous hours. And the other thing is, I love my work, you know, I am one of those people who has a real passion for what I do, Um, without sort of going into it too deeply, you know, Employment Hero and all the businesses I've started exist for one thing, which is to make employers feel proud and confident of their role in society, which is the jobs and opportunities that they create. Um, If I'm helping businesses employ more people, then it makes me happy. Um, and I get a lot of lot of enjoyment from that, so I probably work a lot more than than people who don't like their jobs. So yeah, how do I balance my time? I just do the things I love. One of those things happens to be work, so I spend a lot of time doing it. If you were to break it all down and say, is that a healthy healthy balance? <laughs> probably not. But um, you know, if you love what you do, then you know it's uh, you can do a lot of work.
0: Mm-hmm. And you just mentioned that remote work works really well for you as it does for a lot of people, especially parents. And there's been this sort of ongoing cultural conversation about whether to like fully return to the office, have a hybrid solution, work five days at home um, remote. And I think a lot of that is playing out on Twitter, but it's also started to sort of enter the mainstream a little bit because before this podcast, you mentioned big super funds um, and property funds actually losing a lot of money on property portfolios for office towers that are not filling out all their seats and their leases are getting a bit more challenging. So I'm guessing I'm interested in like what your sort of thoughts are on this challenge right now between remote work versus going fully to the office and how you're thinking about that as I guess a company builder, but also just more generally in the market as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. I've got strong thoughts on that. So um, maybe a bit of context. So with employment hero, um, we sort of, I mean, I followed Elon Musk's playbooks. I can't take any credit for this, but um, I've, I've written master plan part one, master plan part two, and master plan part three. And that's a really vivid um, picture of what we're trying to build. And we've executed on part one and part two, and, and now we're sort of halfway into part three. Um, part two was all about remote work and sustaining remote work. So, and that was written at the start of COVID. So when, once, um, once we started working remotely, and I had the opportunity to think deeply about the benefits of remote work um, at, at a global scale. Um, I thought, this is something that actually we need to preserve. You know, we had never, we'd never really done it. We'd never, there'd been opportunities for people to work remotely here and there. But when the whole world started to work remotely, it just was like a lightning, lightning strike moment for me. Where it was like, actually, this is fundamentally different and better and worth sustaining. Um, now, why? Well, firstly, people people like working parents um, who are juggling, you know, two jobs and, and kids, they need that flexibility. Um, people living with disabilities who can't, you know, easily commute to the office, they need that flexibility. Um, Pet carers like like we are um, need that flexibility. And then, and then growing up, I grew up, a fair chunk of my youth was spent um, growing up in the country, in Armidale, where um, there's some super smart people. It's a, you know, it's a school and university town, very highly educated, but everyone lived a long way from Sydney and you couldn't get those big executive jobs, those high-powered, high-paid jobs, because you chose to live in a rural community. But remote work empowers those people to contribute um, equally uh, with anyone, wherever they live. Um, so there's, there's those people that live in, in remote communities and then there's, then that you go a sort of level up and there's, um, developing countries, you know, think about the fact that, um, 2.3 billion people on planet earth don't have access to the internet, but Starlink and other, you know, satellite network, um, you know, uh, satellite internet systems, are delivering broadband internet to 2.3 billion people and connecting them to the world of work for the first time and to the world of education. And you know, remote work will empower those billions of people to live better lives, earn more money in better ways, legally and constructively, contribute to this to society. Like that is that is what's at stake when I read these headlines um, about we want people back to the office. Um, I see those social the the social good that remote work does. And I think it's worth sustaining. So um, that's my sort of general position. Then when you get down to like, how does each company deal with remote work? There's a whole different um, bunch of arguments. So, you know, I completely get, if you're a if you're a factory and you've got people working on the floor and managers in the, you know, up in the top tiers, you want them all at the same workplace. So there's no harm in demanding people come back to work because it creates a quality in your business. But if you're knowledge workers, like many corporates are, um, demanding that everyone comes back to the office, whether it's two days a week, three days a week, four days a week, or full, full time, um, it's just, to me, it's just not very intelligent. Um, I hate to sort of offend anyone, but um, what you're doing, if you're forcing people back to the office, even two days a week, you're choosing to limit your recruitment um, uh, pool, I guess, your 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 recruitment um, zone to maybe 25, 50 kilometers from Sydney. You know, if you're living in Sydney, if your business is in Sydney or Melbourne, um, because people can't afford to live further away than that. The commute's just too far. So you've just now narrowed your recruitment pool down to a very small segment of the global you know, population. Whereas if you're remote first, you can recruit from anywhere. So your time zone is really the only limit. So you know, what have you achieved um, forcing people back to the office? You've just narrowed your, your access to talent. Um, and then the argument, the other argument is, well, we want them back in the office because we want those serendipitous moments and we want this um, sort of brainstorming around a, around a desk. Well, you know, I just don't see many organizations that, you know, globally competitive or even locally super competitive because they all sat around a desk one day. Like it, it, you know, it's, it's most great ideas come out of one person's head who actually has the time to understand something from first principles and build from there into a fantastic idea that doesn't come through brainstorming. It comes through like intense thought. And the best way to get that level of intense thought is to be um, alone and actually have the time to think and plan and strategize. And, and I don't think that, you know, offices have, you know, are the answer. So um, hybrid doesn't necessarily, well, I think the hybrid is the worst of both worlds. And that's where I think most companies are gonna end up is in this hybrid situation. Um, so yeah, that was a fairly long winded answer to a fairly simple question, but there's a lot to it.
1: Yeah, no, there's, um, there's a lot to unpack there, but I think something you said just then about that solitude, creating creativity for ideas. If the average worker replaced their commute to the office with a walk by themselves without their phone every morning, I think there would be a lot of brilliant kind of idea, creative ideas that come up. I, I try and do that when I'm working from home. And that's kind of a basis of a lot of creativity, but Ben, you mentioned that, there's going to be a lot of these people in developing countries coming online. The global workforce has expanded immensely. What are the kind of challenges to building a company with a global workforce? Cause I think it, it sounds good in theory, but I know there's probably a lot of complexities that underpin it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like being an employment lawyer by trade, that's what I was at the start. Um, you know, it's hard enough to employ people um, in your own city or your own state, let alone, um interstate you know once you start to employ people within australia across state borders you've got different um public holidays different annual leave uh, sorry long service leave um laws and you've got different workers compensation laws you've got uh, you know all these different you know, differences between people doing exactly the same job but things you now have to think about and manage differently um and these kind of you know The path of least resistance is well if I can just employ everybody locally in the same office then I don't have to think about that so then if you take that further and go international well you know like what's it what's New Zealand law look like terminating people in New Zealand and making a redundancy in New Zealand is very different to Australia Um, and then you go further afield again you start to deal with time zones language difficulties cultural differences so there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to think about. But thankfully, there's solutions like that. Other people have done that thinking, and that's what we're seeing, um, you know, evolve, you know, more broadly with employment heroes, um, global teams business. That's what we've um, that's what we've really worked on. And and when I talked about um, master plan two, it was like, how do we make employment remote employment sustainable and accessible? particularly for SMEs. You know, big corporates, you know, think about Microsoft. They've got HR managers in 50 countries. You know, they can, they can just, you know, send a message through Teams and say, I want to employ somebody in um, Pakistan, and, and it happens. But a small business um, doesn't have that resource. So you have to put it together for them. Um, so Global Teams off the, was developed specifically to help SMEs Build a global workforce with the least amount of effort, and and what that means that what what we actually do there is we've we've established employing entities in um, countries all over the world. Um, we've studied and um, built in all of the legal minimum entitlements um, into our platform to ensure that when somebody is employed internationally, that they are receiving. Their legal minimum entitlements, and typically, like you know, uh, an order of magnitude above that. When no one's paying minimum wages for these types of roles, and then we've and then we've organised payroll, like a, a payroll um, uh, service in in all of those countries, and recruitment, um, and then we've laid all of that into an HR platform that makes you know employing and managing people. As easy as possible. So, you know, your your one on ones and your performance reviews and your uh, HR files and your pay files and your salary and everything, it's all in there. So, it's almost like a portal. You know, Employment Hero now for any SME is a portal to talent all over the world. We've literally connected Employment Hero to about 1,500 different job boards all over the world. So, you can post a job ad direct from Employment Hero. Um, to just about any country um, on Earth. And, and even our integration with LinkedIn means that you have the ability to post a free job out, I think, um, anywhere on the planet and find talent connected to Employment Hero, onboard that person through Employment Hero, through our, our global team service, and employ them wherever they happen to be. So it should be as easy to employ somebody uh, any, through Employment Hero anywhere on Earth as it is to employ somebody in your local town. That's, that's our objective. And we're getting really close to that if we're not, I would argue, we're pretty much already there.
0: Yeah, that sounds like an awesome product. And I love that we've started to dive into sort of all the use cases of it. And I think it'd be really helpful if maybe you could illustrate us with an example of, let's say I was running a startup, a small one in Sydney, and I was starting to try and employ people maybe across like Philippines, Africa, sort of. Uh, Europe all around the world what would this sort of like best use case or scenario look like if I was using global teams so what does that platform look like for me and how would I use it
2: yeah um well to begin with if you're running a small startup you're going to be busier than a blue ice flow, right you're going to be super busy so if you could get access to a virtual assistant who can just manage your diary get on top of your email stay on top of things you can double your capacity just it gives you time back so Finding, you know, through Employment Hero, you could employ a virtual assistant through the Philippines. Um, You don't want to do your bookkeeping. You don't want to do, you know, all of that administrative work that, again, just takes time away from the thing that you're really good at. So you can recruit a bookkeeper. It could be in Malaysia, the Philippines, they're fully qualified. It could be in New Zealand. Then you're going to start, you know, developing your business, winning clients, And inevitably, you've got a roadmap of features that customers are requesting and you know that you've got to deliver those things as quickly as possible, you're going to need designers, you're going to need engineers, you're going to need product leads. Um, All those people are immensely more accessible um, outside of your capital city than inside of your capital city in Australia. Um, Malaysia, um, Singapore. Uh, Philippines, Vietnam, uh, just within our, you know, with within our sort of time, uh, Indonesia. We're finding great engineers um, in all of those in all of those countries. Um, Employment Hero is a great, you know. We use our, you know, our product and our services for ourselves first and foremost. Like so, um, our pl- platform is our superpower, and we've got engineers in all the countries I just mentioned. Um, what about? Uh, SDRs, you know, finding you know uh, good SDRs who can hit the phones. You can find people to do that out of out of um, out of Malaysia. They're particularly good. Um, the Philippines are really good. Um, you can e- even expand your go-to-market. You know, you might have thought as soon as you, you might be thinking, okay, well, I'm building this product. I'm building it for Australian businesses first, and then I'll start to expand internationally. But you quickly realize, well, actually, if all the talent is easily accessible, like, why don't I go and run this experiment um, in New Zealand and and get a couple of SDRs over there and AEs over there to sort of push my product into New Zealand before I test new markets. So as soon as you you get your head around the fact that you can recruit people, manage people and pay people legally just about anywhere on earth and, you know, your imagination is the only limit as to what you can do with it. in terms of the, the platform again, posting a job ad, managing the candidates through the recruitment process, and onboarding an employee through through the employment hero global teams platform, um, we believe that you can you can onboard once you've found somebody, you can onboard somebody in eight minutes um, remotely through through the platform. So again, if you've got the imagination um, and you can find the talent, then you know, it's easier to do it through a digital platform than to do it, um, physically, you know, locally.
1: Yeah. and, And we're thinking about expanding our podcast team. So I feel like there's a lot of talent to be accessed overseas, but I think a key kind of pushback on the, on the top of a lot of people's mind would be around cultural fit. How have you guys found kind of embedding cultural fit from different countries, different time zones into your ways of working at Employment Hero?
2: Yeah, that takes effort. So, um, I, you know, during COVID, we were, we were 180 people on Friday, the 13th of February, 2020, when COVID, when we sort of, um, it was, you know, Black Friday, when we all went remote, we had a, we thought we had a COVID case in the office. And that was like, oh, shit, get out of the office. We were going to go home. And then we stayed at home. Um, we only had 180 people in the company at that time. We've now got 825. um so most of our culture was developed remotely you know most the vast majority of all employees who work for us were recruited to work remotely so we're not dealing with this like um, business that is half in the office and half remote we were we're all first remote first um that makes it a lot easier so we've got a we've got a competitive advantage there secondly once we went remote and we realized we were already international and we had time zone issues to deal with um, as well as flexibility, you know, some people like to start like me, I like starting work at nine 30 in the morning because i do my exercise in the morning and, and um, you know, like to spend time with my kids, but then I work late and then other people are completely the opposite. So we just, you know, that's just one small example, but we just um, started to do things asynchronously um, recording, you know, recording a video um you know recording an audio message sharing that with the team enabling people to respond when it makes sense for them to respond not because you need you expect a response now like just be a little bit patient give it an hour you'll get a response often you'll get a better response and a more considered response when it's not synchronous communication that's another thing about forcing people into a meeting room to make make a decision it's like well do you all have the event all the all the data and all the information you need to make a decision in that room or are you just going to go back and do the thinking somewhere else anyway what was the point of the room in the first place so yeah asynchronous communication um makes a huge difference um clear and this is i probably think i've got undiagnosed adhd but um OKRs drive me insane, but they are so good and so important if you can deal with the sort of banal nature of them. But um, having really clear objectives, key results, um, and giving people the autonomy and the trust to go out and try and achieve like really hard things independently, but but that are aligned with your OKRs, that's a really important thing for remote-first work. So that's probably, they're they're all sort of like operational issues. Culturally, um, the barriers are just getting lower and lower and lower. You know, like um, meetings can be transcribed into different languages on the fly. You know, like even we've got a huge team in Vietnam. Most of them speak English very well. And so we've always managed to sort of um, communicate relatively well. But more and more, like we're just seeing transcriptions um, in multiple languages on the fly, like it's it's like Babel from um, from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, you know, you just you can speak any language um, to anyone and 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 understand any language from anyone now. Um, and that's uh, that's today. Give it six weeks, you know, how much easier is it going to be? So, um, other cultural issues. I don't know. I'll tell you what. One interesting thing is that. You know, our business with 825 employees around the world is probably the most diverse business um, with different cultures, different, you know, different religions, different races, different languages, different genders. Talk about like, you don't need to worry about like, all these local diversity and inclusion things when you've got a globally diverse workforce. Like you are truly the picture of diversity when you have a global remote first workforce. It's, it's amazing. Uh, and it's really fun when we all get together for our global gathering.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And before we get onto some of the other products you're building out, or your thoughts on other tech trends, is there anything else that you want to build out within the global teams feature coming up into the future? Like, do you have a sort of vision for where you want it to be in five to ten years? And there's a few parts of it that you're really excited to release or work on. Yeah. Um.
2: So just one last thing. I, I I'll come back to that. I sure. just want to. Um, just want to. Highlight one other thing we've done, which I think is really important for people considering a remote-first workforce, um, and the cultural and, and other aspects of it. So one, once we realized that we're going remote-first, we didn't want to lose the social aspect of work and and the serendipitous sort of um, friendships that are formed um, when you're in the office. You know, it doesn't matter that you, one person works in finance and another person works in marketing. You know, you you have a beer on a Friday night, you become friends and you could be friends for life. You could be partners, you know, who knows? Um, we, we've we made a real effort to bring everyone together once a year for a, what we call our global gathering. Last year, we went to Thailand. This year, we're going to Vietnam. Every person who works at Employment Hero is offered a five days all expensive paid trip to a foreign country where um, we just have a whole lot of fun. And I think we build a stronger team and and collaborative environment within five days together than most companies would build in in a year of all you know getting to the office Um, so you can create the same camaraderie or better camaraderie Mm and teamwork but you have to make be very deliberate about doing it and that's you know no easy feat flying 800 people to to vietnam for a week but it's worthwhile so there's there's that and a whole bunch of other things that we do maybe um, we should write a playbook on remote first employment, yeah. but um, I think we're we're getting better and better at it. Um, in terms of yeah, answering your question, yes, I mean, Employment Hero wants to become the world's largest platform for managing human beings. You know, um, employment is what we is what every company needs. You know, like you boil it all down, um, and over the last sort of 10, 15 years as SaaS businesses have evolved they they typically became like point solutions so you had a you had a recruitment point solution you had an onboarding point solution you had a hr point solution payroll point solution you've all, all these different things um, you can you can plug them all together with apis but actually when you stand back and look at it what is, what is actually what does anyone ever want but none of them want point solutions um, yeah, you know, an, an analogy I've been using recently is, you know, I get up on a Saturday morning and there's a painting that's been sitting <laughs> beside the wall, and my wife says, "Can you get that on the wall this weekend?" and and I have to go down to the hardware store, down to Bunnings, and, and buy a drill and and hammer and all these things, and um, and to to, to have all the tools I need to put that painting on the wall. By the end of the day, she sees the painting on the wall. She doesn't know that I've spent like 100 bucks on tools that were necessary to get the painting on the wall. All she wanted was the painting on the wall. All these point solutions that I'm talking about are the tools, the things that you need to achieve the thing you actually want, which is talented labor working productively in your business as fast as possible. You know, you guys are talking about expanding your podcast team. Really, you just want the people who are able to do that working to tomorrow, you know, that's just takes all that effort out of, you know, you've got the idea, you now just need to go out and execute on it. But the hard part is getting the people to do the stuff that you need done as quickly as possible. That's what Employment Hero aims to be. Now with global teams, we're doing things like recruiting proactively out of the Philippines and bringing um, a whole bunch of different skill sets to our customers in Australia. Um, where we want to end up is any role that is currently in our on our platform, any role that somebody is already employing somebody for. We want to provide talent into the platform for every role, um, and I think we can do that. And and understanding that the basically the planet is the talent pool that we can access is going to allow us to do that in are faster and better ways than, than anyone could ever imagine. So yeah, in five years time, employment hero, you know, you won't be talking about it as an HR platform. It will be your largest, you'll be your primary source of productive skill talent, um, and it will power your business. And then the, the tools within employment hero will be the things that you need to supercharge the performance of the people that are working with you. Um, So you know we're getting there um i wouldn't it may not even be five years ago actually we've, we've got a few things in the in the works that i think could get us there much sooner
1: yeah I, I love that description and kind of the passion you have and it almost feels like it's like you take care of all the things that aren't you don't do uniquely well or are good at and then founders or people or SMEs can focus on the things that they actually do well and everything else is taken care of which is like a fantastic vision for the world um Ben, you you alluded to kind of um, the other kind of products that you want to build out to to get to this vision. Before we get there, I'd love to kind of hear about how you kind of go out and um, plan your master plans. How do they come to you? Is there a process of intentionally reflecting, or do they come? Those ideas come to you over time.
2: Uh, it's yeah. Look, I'm, I'm, look, I'm no genius.
1: I, I, I'm not. Uh, um,
2: it's not like I'm. I don't know i'm one of those people that always has lots and lots of ideas I'm, yep. I'm i'm very lucky to be born with more ideas than than time or skills to execute on them um i think there's plenty of experts out there that are the other way around like they're just super smart and super capable at doing something but they i don't have the ideas to actually like commercialize them um so I, yeah i've just always got lots of ideas but then a master plan it kind of like just bubbles up and eventually it gets to the point where I just have to uh, I just like block my diary out. And it's almost like a, 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 I'm physically compelled to sit and just get it down on paper um, and then work it and work it until it's as distilled down. Like t- these things are typically just a couple of pages long and they're, um, and they're just a, a fairly, you know, 10,000 foot, perspective on where I want the co- what I, I want the company to look like in three years from now. Um, I don't know they just come they just come and then and they have to come out and and you never know when it's going to happen. I, well you don't want it to happen too frequently. I've, I've got master plan four in in my head um, but I, I would never write it down because we're only halfway through master plan three and, and there's about five people in our ELT that would shoot me if I put it down <laughs> on paper.
1: Yeah. The, the reason I asked that is I've heard you um, described as one of the best strategic thinkers in Australian business. So I think oh, that's very we'll, flattering. We'll, we'll, we'll take that. I don't know But yeah, but, but Ben, you, you have kind of a lot of um, kind of new products rolling out. You said you're moving away from that kind of core HR payroll and you're establishing yourself as a platform to get anything done to get your business kind of propelling forward. What are the kind of the other um, new products that you've been um, thinking up and creating?
2: Yeah, cool. Um, so, so one of them is called Swag. Um, Swag is our first consumer app. Um, what we realized was that Employment Hero was doing a great job as an HR payroll platform for employers, and that's where we started. Um, was to make e- employment as easy as possible for employers. I, I said at the very start, you know, we want every employer to feel proud and confident. Um, of creating as many roles as they can possibly create. So Employment Hero was doing that, but then we had this other relationship with our users or, or their users um, of the platform and they were using our mobile, you know, they were using our app to log in, for, to start a shift and manage their leave applications, receive their payslip. And then we realized that we actually had um, $75 billion worth of buying power. Like we pay our platform Manages over a million people. About 15% of Australia's um, private sector workforce is employed in using Employment Hero today. Um, and we're still growing at um, close to 100% year on year. So, you know, we, we've got formidable buying power um, through that through that payroll engine. Um, and then it was like, well, how do we leverage that to make people better off? You know, we're all talking every day about this um, cost of living crisis, you know, inflation going up, Um, people's salary just you know not going as far as it used to so how do we how do we overcome that well we have to leverage the buying power of all the salaries on our platform to the advantage of the employees and so we started to like build things out around that one of them is instapay giving people access to their earned wages in real time Um, I could talk about that for way too long but you know that basically boils down to the fact that in an analog world when employment had to be done manually it took a month to pay people or at least a week um and if you had enough people you'd only pay people once a month because was so much effort but when everything's digital you can pay people in real time you know where we're going to end up in we're already doing it but like where the world will end up is people will get paid every hour your bank account you'll just see it like ticking up every time every hour that you're working money's falling into your account and that's so it should you know that's why you're giving an hour of your, you should get an hour you should get an hour's worth of salary um, but it was never possible until, until now. So we did that. We created Instapay, giving people access to their earned wages in real time. Um, then we started to like do discounts and we had Hero Shop and, and all sorts of things there. And then eventually it was like, you know what? This is a super app. Like we should actually be finding, we should be building a tool to bring, like for, to make everybody better off. And if we can attract people, then we've got talent. If we have talent, that we can bring to our employers on our, on the employment neural platform, then we're solving a big problem for them. You know, unemployment uh, 6.6, 6.5%. That's their biggest problem. How do we solve for that? Well, we have to create a really great um, value proposition for candidates and employees. And then we can start solving employers problems. We can start making employees better off. And, um, and, and then so became swag. And so swag is this now this employment super app, one app, that allows people to find work, manage work, get paid, spend, and save. And and when you think about it, you know why wouldn't all those things be combined? You know, employment is your is your primary source of wealth. Why isn't it where you manage your spending and savings at the same point? And all of the time and effort that goes into recruitment, you can streamline that. All the time and effort for an employee to maintain their um, their CV. You know, if you work an hour on the Employment Hero platform, your CV is up to date to the hour. You'll we'll be able to show you how many hours you've worked as a hospitality, um, you know, food and beverage attendant, grade three, or as a you know four four year qualified senior accountant. Um, it, it'll all just feed into your into your swag profile. Um, so yeah, swag. Um, is something we're working hard on and it's developing really well. And and we think um, we're only sort of, you know, halfway through the first over of the first innings um, and we're in a test match. So um, it's, it's going to be, there's a lot, there's a lot of game to play on that one. Um, What else are we doing? International expansion. We're going into the UK really aggressively. Um, There's just so many interesting aspects to that market. Um, we think we can win. It's going to be a, it's going to be a ding dong battle. Um, not a, a cricket analogy. It's, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it is going to be really hard for an Aussie team to win in the UK, but, um, we think that we've got a few secret weapons that'll get us there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I could talk all day about new things we're working on AI. Um, we've already released a bunch of AI features and, and we're, and we're working on Sort of Horizon Two, Horizon Three features that are you know months or or, or maybe a year um, from release, but yeah, lots of lots of really cool stuff.
0: Yeah, awesome! It seems like employment hero is going to have a wedge into every part of an employee's life in the future, which is really exciting. It seems like you're solving for everything. Well, I think that's um, sort of about to wrap it up now. That that was a really really interesting podcast, and it looks like you're going to be dominating the future of HR, payroll, and everything awesome well hopefully thanks guys awesome. that was yeah great fun. and just your... for, just for our listeners as well um if you're excited by the global teams product which i hope you are by now especially if you've been listening this long we've actually got an opportunity to get the first month's management fee um completely free so if you mention Sachin or my name both our names um, at the checkout you can get first month management fee free we're going to put links to everything in the comments and at the start of the podcast but yeah thanks for coming on ben
2: No problem at all. Great to see you guys.